Hi, I'm Neil McReynolds, the pastor of the City Church, and I just want to personally thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. We meet every Sunday at 9 and 10.30 a.m. and Tuesday nights at 6.30 p.m., and we'd love it if you came and joined us. Thank you so much for tuning in and enjoy this week's podcast. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to think about one person that doesn't know Jesus tonight. <laughs> like that transition, wasn't that good? One person that doesn't know Jesus tonight. One. I want you to think about just one person. Maybe one family. Maybe one youth. Maybe it's somebody you work with. Think about somebody that doesn't have a home church. Maybe they've tried all the churches in the Quad Cities. <laughs> and so like you, they have, they've tried all the churches and they go and just don't have a home church. They don't, don't have a place to call home. How fast would you run to tell them about Jesus? How fast would you run to, to tell them about your church? How much effort would we put into it? There's 386,640 people that do not attend church in the greater Quad City region. 386,640 people that don't have a home church. They don't know about a church that would love them and accept them right where they're at in the middle of their brokenness. They, they think that it's about religion and they're not gonna fit in or maybe, you know, I gotta have my life together before I could even go to church. There's about 40,000 people that attend church on an average week in the greater Quad Cities. 40,000. And churches, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, there's this huge pool of people that don't go to church at all. They don't know about a, a church that tells amazing jokes. <laughs> How fast would you go and tell them about it? Life is broken right now. They're, they're hurting. They don't know Jesus. We've been talking about discovering your gifts and we've went through the other gifts and we were looking at Ephesians 4, 11 through 13 and, and how Paul actually invites the church to look like this. He, he says that Christ has given us all these gifts and all of us have a different gift that we actually get to use. And tonight we're gonna to talk about the gift of evangelism. I'm gonna read Ephesians 4, 11. This has been our scripture for this series it says, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers to equip his people for the works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Next, until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So when the church looks like all these gifts working together, it's not resting on one person's shoulders. Everybody's got a gift. Everybody's working together. And you see how Paul talks about us all working in unity, where, where the body of Christ is actually being built up. 
And we reach the fullness of Christ when the church all works together. It's not a corporate structure. The church was never intended to be a corporate structure. It was intended for all of us to play a part of it. That God has created us on purpose and he has a purpose for our lives. Each one of us. So tonight we're talking about the gift of evangelism. How does that work? Well, the definition of the evangelist is is the gift of encouraging people with passion and zeal into a relationship with Jesus. We go to 1848, which is a a place over in Moline, and uh, they have an open mic night on Monday nights, and, and it's just like all these musicians just getting together and hanging out and playing music. It's just, it's a lot of fun. It's a really small place, but it's a whole lot of fun. But anyways, this guy that goes there that plays the bongos, he, uh, he came up to our table the other day and is like, oh, hey, did you guys know there's another open mic on Wednesday nights? So like, yeah, dude, I would love it if you guys came and played with me. It would be so awesome, man, if you guys came and played another Wednesday night. It's just, it, I would love to play with you and it would be so cool. I would love to play drums. I love playing drums when you play. Man, it's so much fun. You are so awesome. Like, I'd love to see you Wednesday night. I'm like, Okay, <laughs> you had me at you love me. <laughs> but it just reminded me, that's that gift of evangelism in action. It's, it's the gift of evangelism in action. You know, sometimes we, we can use the gift of evangelism to draw people to Christ, and we can also use it to actually bring people to a Wednesday night open mic. <laughs> you see this gift a lot in salesmen, and, and especially when you're buying a car, you'll, you'll know when you come across an evangelist. They're so good at selling you a car. Get, getting into the next, the next section. Some common characteristics of this gifts are loves to prescribe precise steps of action to personal growth. Enjoys working with others that are eager to follow action steps. An evangelist, some characteristics, ask yourself, maybe is this some, a gift that you have a little bit? Is this a gift that God's put in your heart? Finds truth and experience and validates it with scripture. Dislikes teaching that's not followed by practical application. So uh, that's great. You opened up the Bible. We talked about it, but what are we doing about it? This is an evangelist. Accepts people where they are is non-judgmental. Loves to encourage others to live victoriously. Expects out a lot of ourself and of others. There's some common weaknesses that are found with this gift. It uh, tends to interrupt others in eagerness to give advice or opinion. <laughs> so you know this person. You can't finish the sentence around them. They're already finishing your sentence. You might be an evangelist if prefers to witness with words rather than through their lives. So sometimes an evangelist can tell you all about Jesus and what Jesus can do in your life, but then you look at their own life, it's like, but you might need Jesus more than me. We'll use scripture out of context in order to make a point, maybe cut and dry to prescribing, in prescribing steps of action. So like last week, we talked about being a pastor where we're an evangelist. If you're really walking through something like, man, I don't know how I'm going to make rent this week. And, you know, I got all these bills just piling down. Oh, you just need Jesus. 
where a pastor is going to come alongside you. Oh, let's pray about that. You know, how can I help you? Evangelists, you just need Jesus. Simple, simple solution. Emphasis on steps of action may appear as oversimplifying the problem. Those are some common weaknesses of an evangelist gifting. I want us to look at the story in Acts about Philip the evangelist. And uh, it's going to be found in Acts 8, 26 through 40. So if you want to turn there, Acts 8, 26 through 40. You can use your phone. If your phone is really distracting to you, I'm going to tell you something tonight. Turn it off, all right? If your phone is really distracting, if you want to use your phone for a Bible app, use it. But man, make this, God has something really awesome to speak to our hearts. And sometimes I feel like this, this gets in the way of it a lot of times. So just invite you. I'm going to go ahead and pray and then we'll jump right in. Holy Spirit, we just invite you to continue to speak. We, we know that you are here. You are alive. You are living. You are in this room. And so Lord, it's, it's 20 minutes, it's 25 minutes that, that we set aside to just open up your word. And so, Lord, I just pray that you would just make the most of it tonight. Lord, I get completely out of your way. Holy Spirit, would you just speak directly through me? Would you just share what's on your heart tonight? Just use me as a vessel, Lord. We are here to hear from you. Have your way in Jesus' name, amen. Acts 8, 26, it says, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road, that goes from Jerusalem to Gaza. So we're going to break this down scripture by scripture, but you see that the Lord is speaking directly to Philip. You see that? Like, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go south, and I want you to go that road that goes directly from Jerusalem to Gaza, the desert road. And so you see this in the gift of evangelism where you're actually called to people. You know, it's not only a prophetic gift, it's also an evangelistic gift to be called to a place, to be called to a city, to be called to downtown, to be called to uptown, you know, where God actually calls you to places. And the Lord will get very specific with evangelists sometimes. Here's what I want you to do. I need you to go to these people right now. You need to leave everything and go there. Sometimes you see that with that gift. And so he calls Philip to this desert road in the middle of nowhere. You know, I want you to head to the desert. (laughs) How many of you have ever been called to the desert? So he calls Philip out to the desert. And so he started on his way to meet an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official of the treasury of the Kandik which means the queen of the Ethiopians. And this man had gone to Jerusalem to worship. So Philip has left things to to go out to a desert road to the specific place to reach one person. One. Sometimes we always think of an evangelist as a stage and we think of the thousands. Like, I don't know if God could ever use me for that. But Philip, the evangelist, who goes down in the Bible as Philip the evangelist, is called out to a desert to reach one person. And the Ethiopian eunuch is leaving Jerusalem from worshiping God. This God that he doesn't know. 
Because at this time you had the Holy of Holies. And then you had the inner courts where people could actually gather. And there's there so many rituals that went into even being allowed into the inner courts. Majority of us in the room probably wouldn't meet those requirements. And then you had the outer courts, which was the court of the Gentiles. And so the Ethiopian eunuch is going to worship this God, to make a sacrifice to this God, who he doesn't know, who he's not even allowed into the court of the Gentiles. Could you imagine going to worship a God you don't know, and then you go to worship, and then you're not even allowed in? And this is where we pick up the story, is he's on his way back from worshiping God. He's on his way back. You talk about the distance, right? You know, that disconnect where you don't know if you're accepted and it's very evident that you're not. You actually have to stay on the outside of people worshiping God. There's huge disconnect. And on his way home, he was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah, the prophet. And the spirit told Philip, go to the chariot and stay near it. And then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah, the prophet. He says, do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked. He says, how can I unless someone were to explain it to me? And so he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. So Philip is going to the desert road to meet the Ethiopian eunuch, and then he sees a chariot. The chariot's out there, and then the Lord says, I want you to go run up to the chariot. So chariots go like 25 to 30 miles an hour. Okay, so next time when you leave the church, you see all these chariots flying down the street. <laughs> what you can do, if you, if you sense a, a call from the Lord to run up next to the chariot. So in other words, Philip is faster than Usain Bolt. Okay, he's fast. Carl Lewis has got nothing on Philip. So Philip goes running up to the chariot. And as he's running alongside the chariot, he's like, do you understand what you're reading? I just love the visual of that, like, hey, you understand what you're reading? He's just like booking. And then he says, how can I unless someone were to explain it to me? I think a lot of us have fit that category. I think a lot of the people that we're thinking about tonight that are, that are at home or don't know that there's a church or aren't following Jesus or their life is very broken. We work with them all day. Maybe we're in school with them. How can I unless someone were to explain it to me? How can I understand that? I'm out of breath. <laughs> it says, do you understand what you're reading? So this is what the eunuch was reading, the scripture he was reading. Man, and, and the Lord just, Today, as I was running through this again, I've, I've said this three times. This is the third time of preaching the same message. But, you know, Scripture is so alive. It is. It's always alive. It's always speaking to us. Because look at this. It's not only that Philip's called to the desert, which a lot of us tonight might be in a desert. You know, like maybe right now, today is a desert. It feels really dry. But God has a plan for Philip in the desert. And so he calls him to a chariot. Philip sprints up to the chariot. And then at the right time, 
because God's timing is always perfect. Look at what he was reading. Look at what the eunuch was reading. He says, he was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before its shearers, silent, is silent. And so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. Man, God has a plan for us in the middle of the desert, and, and, and his timing is always perfect. And, and there's, there's people, when you get a flat tire and it feels like, man, can anything else go wrong today? You know, we gotta start looking from the perspective of maybe the Lord has something prepared for this moment as opposed to, woe is me. Maybe God has somebody that we can speak life into their life, which is really hard to do when we're in the desert. But how much more power is there that rings true when we're speaking from, I'm in the desert also. Philip didn't shout from the mountaintops down to the eunuch and tell him about Jesus. He went out into the desert with him. It comes alongside at this time. And the eunuch asked Philip, tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? And then Philip began the very passage of scripture and he told them the good news about Jesus. And as they traveled along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, here is some water. What can stand in the way of me being baptized? Do you hear that urgency that, that you, you're telling me that I'm in? <laughs> you mean to tell me that you ran up to my chariot and I'm accepted in? You just explained to me that this Jesus, who, who was the lamb who was slain, who kept his mouth shut and, and didn't fight it, but was actually just like a sacrifice out of humiliation, he did all that for me. So like, what can stand in the way of me being baptized? Do you hear that urgency? Like, I'm accepted. Now, how many people do we know that just want to be Accepted. It's the cry of, our, of all of our hearts. Will I be accepted? And so the eunuch has explained the scripture that he is accepted. Then what's in the way of me being baptized? Like, I'm going to do everything. I'm going to go ahead and get baptized too. And he gave orders to stop the chariot. And then both Philip and the eunuch went down to, into the water and Philip baptized them. What an amazing story of an evangelistic gift. Philip does what God's called him to do. He runs like the wind blows to the chariot. He tells one man that he too is accepted and is able to baptize him. How awesome is that? How awesome is that? Wouldn't that be fun? Or is that something, I'm not really comfortable with that. Man. Get beyond that. Like, how awesome would it be to tell somebody that they're accepted and Jesus loves them? We have all the knowledge in the world on Google. We can just scroll through all that stuff. But there's a difference when I say face-to-face, eye-to-eye, you are accepted and God loves you. That's the difference. We can know all we need to know about the Bible. You can read books upon books. 
But there's a difference when somebody comes up to you and says, I want you at Wednesday night open mic. Right? That's the difference. And so we need people that are evangelists because you just have this natural gift and you just, you know, people tend to flock to you and you're just really good at that. It's a gift that God's given you. But I'm also going to say this for the church as a big gigantic C church is the church needs evangelists. (laughs) The church of America needs evangelists. If you don't believe me, look at all the studies. We need people to tell people about Jesus and let them know that they're accepted one at a time. Not always from a stage, but in a workplace, at an open mic, at a coffee shop. It's a great conversation starter. When you see somebody at a coffee shop, just walk up to them and say, And they're playing on their phone to say, do you understand what you're reading right now? (laughs) You could maybe do that. (laughs) So I truly believe like us as a church, we're a very relational church. And our goal is to truly reach people one at a time. You know, there's, there's, other, there's other, other models out there, but we're so relational as a church that, that we love making relationships first and building those relationships and, and changing the world one person at a time. And so here's the thing is, like, I would love to invite us to, like, go out this week and invite one friend. And if I told that to Sunday morning services, we don't have room for them. Tuesday night, there's some room. We got some chairs stacked in the back. Go ahead. You do your thing. Go invite one friend apiece to Tuesday night church. But as far as us as a church, we continue to grow. We've added services. We've added services. The space is is pretty limiting. Uh, Sunday morning, this space over here is pretty limiting for our kids. You put about 20 kids to 25 kids in that space right now, and I'm telling you, it's chaos. Um, I was in there the other day, and if you don't believe me, then I invite you to sign up to volunteer with the kids for a month, and then we'll we'll read. We'll, we'll meet again and you can tell me what you think. I said this at the very beginning of the year is, uh, you know, at some point in time, we are going to need to move from this space. And um, that point in time is March 22nd. <laughs> we're we're going to move from this space. Uh, we're going to actually move to the downtown YMCA. We're going to be moving there. Our Sunday services will be at 9 and 10.30 in the morning. The YMCA space is about four times this. And then our kids' space is about eight times, eight times this right now down there. Uh, our Tuesday night services will actually be moving. We're going to call it the East Campus. And uh, so we get about 45 to 50 people into our East Campus, and it's going to feel real nice and cozy and so it's still going to have that real cozy feel, but it's going to be the old uh, Riverbend Retro Furniture Store. And we're actually sharing the space with uh, Photo Frog. So you can go to church and get your picture taken <laughs> all at the same time. Very, yeah, very convenient. Your senior photos and Jesus. She already brings Jesus the photos anyways. All right. So 
I say all that because I really do believe, you know, if there's 380,000 people in the Quad Cities who don't have a home church, that don't go to church, man, what if we reached 1% of those? Okay, just, just 1%. What if we reach 0.001? What if we reach 0.0001? There's people that desperately need Jesus. And I can't throw, have, have our evangelists just say, I'm gonna go get them, I'm gonna bring them in. And, and then we have uh, Easter services where like literally this whole entire side of the the area is people sitting on bar stools in the other room. How inviting is that? It makes you feel exactly like our story where I didn't know I, was, I wasn't going to be accepted. I wasn't able to get there early enough for a chair or whatever it may be. You guys, I want plenty of room for God to move because I believe the Lord has something very special for us. He has something very awesome for us as a church. He has something amazing for each one of those people that you were thinking about tonight who need Jesus. And so we're gonna create space for all of them. For every single person that desperately needs Jesus and wants to know if they're accepted and they're gonna be loved. They can come into a church and there's a chair for them. For their kids to be able to play. <laughs> for there to be a place to park. Can I get an amen? Amen. A place to park's always nice, right? So I don't want to bore you with all this, the, the, like, everything, but one thing that I am going to tell you is, if you can put that slide up, there's, um, if you just text the word MOVE to our giving phone number, the 563-554-6499, the word MOVE, what it'll do is it'll give you a list of like our locations exactly. You can start driving by them, looking at them, praying for them. And then also just a list of the different things that we're gonna need to move. Uh, I know this because we've done this one time before. Is it cost money to move? It's so stupid, but... <laughs> If you've ever moved houses or apartments, you know the things that you're paying off at the old house and all that. So we don't have a whole lot of that in the transition, but we do have, uh, we want to make the YMCA super portable and everything on wheels. And the more I look into that, it's all listed in this, in this uh, uh, info. The more I look into that, the, the more money it seems like it is. Portable stuff's expensive. All this for one person, really. I mean, all this for one person. Just one friend, one family member that really needs Jesus. <laughs> I'll do whatever it takes, guys. I'm serious. Like, I, I will do whatever it takes. I, I am, I'm not trying to fish from a bucket, okay? We are placed next to the Mississippi to reach all kinds of fish, that's why God's placed us strategically on the Mississippi to reach people that don't fit in buckets, <laughs> to, to reach fish that don't have an understanding of church and, and 
to, to reach very exotic fish that, that think very differently. Like, I feel like we're a great church for them. So we'll move, we'll open up chairs, we'll make parking for one person, one at a time. That's the goal. Would you guys pray with me? So Lord, I just, I just, uh, just agree with each person in this room, the, the people, even if they're our friends, somebody that doesn't know you tonight and um, they're the first person we could think of, even if they're very far away from here and would never come to the Quad Cities, God, I just want to agree with each person in this room about that you have a plan for their life. You have a calling on their life. So Lord, we just, we just pray for them right now, right here in this moment. Whatever addictions they're facing, whatever, whatever mountains in front of them, Lord, that, that Lord, you would be just bigger than anything in their life right now. Jesus, would you just draw them to you? Just draw them to you right now, Jesus. I also just want to pray for anybody in this room that's just walking through a desert tonight. It's like, why in the world, God, did you call me to this stupid desert? Anybody in this room that's walking in a desert tonight, Lord, I just want to pray for strength in their life right now and, and for hope. Lord, would you just speak hope over everybody's life tonight? Holy Spirit, hope. Speak on each person's heart, your hope. It may seem like a desert, God's got something else. Just keep walking. Just keep walking. I even pray for, for eyes to be opened up of other people that you've actually called people in this room to. Lord, that our eyes would just be open. Oh, that's, man, that's why I'm walking through this because this person's also walking through this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna come alongside them. So Lord, I just pray for strength and hope right now in Jesus' name. Right now. Holy Spirit, hope. Come and hope. And lastly, God, I just pray, if you're an evangelist in this room, I'm not gonna ask you to stand up. I'm just gonna ask you to put your hands out. Just put your hands out like you're receiving a, a gift. If, if God's, you know, that you, wow, I, man, I definitely relate to some of those characteristics. That's something, that's the way God has designed me. All right. I just want to bless that right now. We just bless these people that you've created to, to reach people, God. And so would you just give them encouragement and strength to continue moving forward? We just bless that and we honor this gift, Lord. We honor the gift of gathering people and, and we thank you so much for that beautiful gift that you've brought to this church. And so Lord, I just pray that you would just, just bless this gift and they could use it at full potential. Especially Lord, I just thank you for opening up these new doors for us as a church. And so Lord, we need this gift in our body. 
We need this gift working at full potential. So Lord, would you just draw them into amazing opportunities to be able to share your word with people and to bring them to church so that they could be taught that who Jesus is and, and actually pastored and, and loved and come alongside of and get into groups and, and all the things that we do, Lord, bring them into community. But we, we bless this gift of evangelism to go gather, go gather. Go tell people about the great news of Jesus. Let's bless that. Amen. Amen. Would you guys just close with this passage with me? Let's just say this together. It says, therefore go and make disciples in all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and then teach these new disciples to obey all the commands that I have given you, and be sure of this, that I am with you always, even to the ends of the world. Thanks again for taking time to listen. For more information or to contact us, please visit our website at cityqc.com.